on the Northland Outdoors Radio Network, this is Northland Outdoors Radio. For the next hour, we'll give you the latest on fishing, hunting, and spending time in the outdoors all across the Northland. Welcome to Northland Outdoors Radio. Now here's your host, Brett T-Bone Amundsen. Can you all channel your inner 80s rock voice for today's show? We'll do our best. Well, that didn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our best! Right. There you go. That's better. That's better. What's that? Are you talking the hairband era, or are you talking... Well, yeah, of course. Wow, that's in the like that, Brian. Come on, you can do that. <laughs> Voice is too deep for that. I hurt myself. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Joining me here in the studio, of course, right now, uh, that was Brian Peterson and Becca Clemens, along with Greg Kaiser, the silent one. Back. We haven't heard your '80s rock vocal abilities yet, Greg. Uh, I'm a country guy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Whatever, chicken. All in right. the shower, maybe I'll sing a little. But we don't. We're not going I, to I broadcast like... from there. <laughs> No, no so, we're not. It's about the same size. Not gonna. Yeah, it's kind of a small padded room here that we're broadcasting from, and of course later this hour here on Northland Outdoors Radio, we'll talk to Joe Henry from Lake of the Woods to get a recap from that big lake, and also report on what people are seeing up there right now. Plus, Dan Hove is the president of the North American Hunting Retriever Association, or NARA, is uh, what that stands for. Uh, they've got an event, some hunt tests coming up that you could bring your dog to. In fact, they've got an event that's for beginners. So if you've never done anything like this before, you're going to want to hear about it. These hunt tests are interesting, guys, because they're not a competition between dogs, like, like maybe some of the field trials out there that you may have heard of. Uh, you're just basically running your dog against some standards, some times, some, like a point system. And depending on how your dog finishes, you get ranked, and that's, that's how it works. So they're a little bit more... Uh, easy going, I guess. A lot of fun. Dan will explain more about that later this hour. Uh, uh, Brian, maybe something for you to bring your dog to? You ever done anything like that before? No, but I wouldn't wish that upon the other dogs. <laughs> well, it's, you're not competing against the other <laughs> no, dogs. But he, no, I'm, I didn't mean it that way. He's, he's a bit of a wild one. Ah. Um, conforming to a, a, a certain competition or anything along those lines does not bode well for him. Like his dad. He makes, a, he, yeah, he, makes a, he makes up his own rules. Like his dad. And they're usually not good. Well, that's uh, June 25th in Station, Minnesota. If you decide to uh, change your mind, uh, Brian, you can find more info at the NARA website. Um, do you bring your dog on trips? Like you got a trip coming up to, uh, was it Ely for Canoe Fest coming up? Yeah, that'll be coming up in a few weeks. Um, if, if it's a dog-friendly place, some of these uh, resorts or lodges or whatnot are, are dog-friendly. Uh, this one is not, so I'll put him in a kennel. Uh, there's a nice kennel just outside of uh, where I live that he likes, and they like him, so it works out well. But when I can travel with him, I do. Uh, I don't like leaving him at a kennel for you know a week or even three, four days. Overnight's okay, but... Canoe Fest, being a wild dog that you were talking about, Canoe yes. Fest may not be the right event for him. Maybe. No, him and a, him and a uh, canoe probably wouldn't get along. Uh, and me in that canoe definitely wouldn't get along. <laughs> uh, we'd, we'd be in the water pretty quick. <laughs> what's, what's the name of your dog? Bubby. Bubby. Bubby, he's a golden retriever. Yep, Bubby. Oh, Bubby. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why. I just, I'm imagining He the gets dog. that all the time. Oh, Bubby. Yeah, I, we, we get <laughs> oh, that all the time. Get over here. What, how old is he? Bobby. He'll be nine. He'll be nine in oh, nine. Uh, November. Yeah. Wow. And he hasn't settled down yet. 
he has his moments, but he still bounces off the walls mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, um, uh, and I've heard that's I've heard golden retrievers can go one of two ways or, or two different ways. One is they get old and fat, or two they stay young forever and mm-hmm. continue to bounce off the walls, and he's the latter. Well, that means you kept him in good shape too. Yeah, he's in good shape. We get out a lot. Um, we. Like I said, when we go on the road together, he's he's out running. He's in the field a lot. Um, when I was out in South Dakota a few years back, he we lived uh, uh, up at a, basically a hunting lodge, and he had free reign to that place ah, for, there you go. for a month. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. I don't I don't know how my brother did it. He used to have two labs. Uh, one of them has passed away now, but uh, he had two labs, and one of them was pretty young, and the older one still had a lot of life left in her. And uh, he, they'd go on canoe trips to the Boundary Waters every year, and they'd pack into that canoe, uh, or a couple of canoes, I guess, but he'd have two dogs in his canoe and packs and probably his son and, you know, never never flipped it or never lost anything. See, I could see one one dog, but if you've met my dog, you guys have probably maybe, maybe all met my dog and how hyper she is. Well, one of his dogs, his young one, was her sister. So you know how hyper my dog is, so you can imagine having my dog in a canoe along with another dog, along with Pax, and, uh, and they survived. So. But having that older dog might have helped. Could have. Yeah. Rain him in. Could have, yeah. absolutely. So Canoe Fest, uh, tell me what this Canoe Fest is all about. It's, um, it, believe it or not, it's, it's the first ever, and it's in Ely, Minnesota. You'd think of Ely, Minnesota and canoeing and paddling, and you'd think, wow, this thing's probably been going on forever. But it's the first, first uh, hopefully the first annual uh, Great American Canoe Festival, and it's June 10th through 12th uh, in and around Ely, Minnesota and the Boundary Water Canoe Area Wilderness. Um, vendors, demonstrations, um, events, races, um, Everything that goes with paddling, including um, a campout and uh, s'mores and music around the campfire, that sort of thing. Whatever ties whatever ties into um, paddling uh, the Boundary Waters, it's, it'll be there. You're, you're right. I'm amazed that this is the first time this has ever happened up there. Yeah, and it, it's it, kind it, of you think of the Ely and the Boundary Waters. It's synonymous with canoes and, and paddling and canoe trips. I think something like this would have maybe happened sooner, but yeah. And I looked into it, and I found out that they just—they didn't even really think about uh, it. First surfaced in January of this year, and they were starting to talk about it. And uh, they thought, yeah, that's a good idea. It's, it's a good fit here, and here we are, three weeks away, and we'll see what happens. Can you can you fish? I don't know if that's coming through, but apparently they're building us a new studio. Can you guys hear, hear that pounding? And, that's where I thought the music was coming from. No. <laughs> I don't know if that's coming through over the air or not, but uh, yeah, they're doing some construction work. Apparently six inches from where my head is right now, so it's pretty loud in here. Um, this is Northland Outdoors Radio, and uh, we're talking about Canoe Fest up in Ely. When is that again? June 10th through 12th, and it's three full days of workshops Everything from yoga for kayakers and canoers. Wow. What? A, a yoga, a <laughs> yoga session for kayakers and canoers. I, that's namaste. Yeah, yeah exactly. Brian. I want to see you doing yoga. Right. Brian's like I'm, seven foot I four. I may do it. I may try just to, just for the sake of doing it. And I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I'll never see these people again. <laughs> you might never uh, see anyone again. You, yeah. you, are you going to wear yoga pants? Because that's, oh, a, that's no, an I image. Would, I would not do that to anybody. Show. Thank you. It, I don't it, ever. It is. It's a morning show and it's kind of a family show. It's not. Yeah, we Good thing do this that. is radio. You get a roof. Bleach to the eyeballs if you do that. Don't ever. 
Yeah. So anyway, uh, can you fish when you're up there during canoe fest? Because I, I always struggle. Like a, a, a canoe trip is great. And I applaud people that go and just do loops and paddle all day and, and then camp. But I struggle with going into the boundary waters. And even if I'm doing a loop or if I'm paddling all day, I'm still going to be dangling line out the back and trolling. Uh, I, I just I can't not fish while I'm up there doing something like that. There, there are no workshops specifically f- for canoeing and fishing, but there's a lot of time where people are going to be doing their own thing, and I would guess that will involve some fishing. I know it will for me. Well, when you go up there to Canoe Fest, Brian, just make sure you don't pick up any bison calves and, th- and throw them in the backyard. I will I'll make sure I don't. Yes. don't. I'm just telling. Yeah. Just because just warning you, because they uh, could be around there. Yeah, and, and, don't, and don't throw them in the canoe, is that what you're saying? That, that would be interesting. That'd be worse than my dog in the canoe. Right. And that's saying something. Well, I can't believe this story coming out of Yellowstone. You know, you hear about people rescuing uh, what they think are abandoned or orphaned mm-hmm. fawn deer, you know, or baby rabbits or, or things like that. But you see, man, I wouldn't want to get up close to even a bison calf let alone a full, you know, get around where there's bison. But some guy from uh, Quebec was traveling through Yellowstone, saw a calf, he thought it was cold, and threw it in his car. Yeah, they threw it in there. You know, their intentions were good, but just misguided. So they brought it back to the facility, and they were cited for it. And uh, the rangers tried to get it back with its herd and reunite it many, many times, but they just, they didn't accept it back. And it was wandering out by cars and people, and so they... Unfortunately, had to euthanize it. So, man, pretty sad. And when I heard, I mean, what a left turn, you know? Okay, yeah, the guy puts it in his truck, but to get it to the point where it was euthanized, right? Holy exactly. Smokes. But they're pretty, you know, just like birds or what? I mean, if you just see a bird, you're never supposed to touch it because then the mom will never get it back, let alone bison and stuff. And that's one of their biggest draws at Yellowstone. So they're really reiterating again, cracking down: do not touch the animals. Can I make just a side comment here for just a second? But if you heard Becca pronounce bison there just a second ago, and when I said it, I said bison, you can tell. What did who, I say? No, you said bison, which is right. Yeah. But you can tell when somebody's lived in Fargo. Yeah. Because in Fargo, it's the bison. Bison. Right. Bison. And yeah. everywhere else in the world, it's bison. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I moved to Fargo. And I said, oh, yeah, I see the bison are playing. And all my friends are like, oh, the bison are playing, are they? It's like, bison, what are you talking about? It's a North Dakota State University bison. Yeah, we call them bison around here. It's bison for whatever reason. Anyway, little uh, little story there. So the bison calf was uh, euthanized. And you're right. I think, back. I think most animal lovers have their hearts in the right places. Yeah. They just don't have the education. And 99% of the time, if you see an orphaned baby, it is probably not Orphaned, which brings us to this right here. More than you ever wanted to know about. More than you ever wanted to know about animal babies. Babies. Uh, just a baby. <laughs> just a baby. Question number one. More than you ever wanted to know about animal babies. If you see a deer fawn laying by itself looking abandoned, should you A, rescue it and raise it yourself? B, leave it alone as the mother is probably nearby. Or C, call the police, then stand next to it yelling for its mother. Hey, your baby's over here! (laughs) Brian. Uh, You gotta, you know, of course you leave it alone. You leave it alone. Becca. Uh, B. And uh, Greg, did you want to take a, a guess at this one? I would also leave it alone. It is leave it alone, of course. Question number two. How big are newborn bear cubs? Is it A, three pounds, 
this is at birth, uh, three pounds, B, less than a pound, or C, a six-pack and a pound. <laughs> All right, I don't know where that last one came from. I was thinking of fast food, yeah, apparently. That sounds good about now. <laughs> Greg. Uh, I'm going to go less than a pound. Less than a pound. Becca. I'm going to go three pounds. Three pounds. And Brian. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with three pounds. So according to the North American Bear Center in Ely, they are less than a pound. Wow, that's wow. tiny. And they're smaller. They're relative to their mother's size. They're smaller than the young of any other placental mammal. They're so tiny. think about that for a minute, how big bears are. Well, yeah. And in relative to their mother's size, they're the smallest Basically, the smallest baby. And aren't they born during hibernation? Or mm, they can be. And yeah, and uh, it, it's really interesting, actually, what those bear cubs go through and how they feed, and how you know the mom is basically kind of sleeping, but you know she's awake enough to know what's going on. And Just depends on when brown chicken brown cow happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Wow! I thought this We're is a about family wild. show. She's yeah. far I'm back. Just talking about Cows. <laughs> oh, wow. and, you had, and you had a problem with my yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. More than you ever wanted to know about animal babies here on Northland Outdoors Radio. When bear cubs are nearly a year and a half old, what takes place? A, they begin mating. B, their mothers kick them to the curb. Or C, they learn how to drive. They and what's the age here? learn how to drive. Year, year and a half. Okay. Year and a half. Uh, Becca. I'm going to say the mothers kick him to the curb. Kick him to the curb, Brian. I'd say it's, yeah, it's, it's boot time. And Gregory. Same deal. When their mothers get ready to mate in May or June, and a male will come around saying, hey, let me take you out to dinner, she'll kick those yearlings to the curb. You guys are all correct. I think those two are usually those the problem bears when they, when they get kicked out like that that normally will raid your, your bird feeders or your garbage cans yeah. because they, don't, they haven't really figured things out yet. They don't really have a, a, necessarily a fear of humans like an older bear might at that point, and they don't really know where to get food, so they're like, oh, bird feeder. So kind of like I, freshman I, in college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much what it is, though. Yeah. That's right. All right, question number four, more than you ever wanted to know about animal babies, how long before loon chicks can swim on their own? Is it A, five to seven days, B, immediately, or C, once they take swimming lessons at the Y? Oh, I took swimming lessons there. <laughs> but I didn't see any baby chicks. Right. Greg. <laughs> five to seven days. Five to seven days, Brian. Uh, I'd, I'd have to say, to some extent, immediately. And Becca. I think immediately, too. Immediately is the correct answer. They can swim immediately. Sorry, Greg. Huh. <laughs> Question number five. How much do rabbits feed their babies each day? Is it A, six to eight hours, B, eh, five minutes, or C, every time a commercial comes on TV? Because <laughs> Mother Rabbit's watching mm -hmm. Days of Our Lives or something. Mm -hmm. uh, Becca. I'm going to say every five minutes. Every, every five minutes? Was it that the... It was six to eight hours. Five minutes. Okay, well, five minutes. Five minutes. Brian. Uh, I'll go with A. 
Six to eight hours. Greg. I'll do six to eight hours. As six well. to eight hours. It's five minutes. A day. That's They'll it. nurse their babies around five minutes per day. Their milk is very rich and filling, and it fills them up. The mothers leave the nest in the morning. They don't come back until the night. So that's why a lot of times you might find a nest of uh, baby rabbits just kind of on its own, and everyone, oh, the mother left the babies. No, she's like out chilling. Eating. Shopping. At the mall. Napping. Right. Yeah, you know, hanging out, napping. Whatever. So <laughs> she leaves in the morning, comes back in the evening. There you go. More than you ever wanted to know about babies. Nature babies. Did we get a winner? Did we? Well, no. there's not a prize. I don't know if anybody really cares. <laughs> you need a chalkboard to start keeping track of some of this. Stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll have That's to a good idea. track down some prizes. Maybe if there's somebody listening out there can donate because our budget is very small for this show. If you have show. half a, uh, like two liter of pop, we'll take it. <laughs> oh, I still have those cheese balls. You do, that's ball. right. Those Perfect. are very good. Now we're talking. Though. All right. Well, we're going to have to come up with uh, two packages of cheese balls because now it's time for Running Afoul of the Law. Running Afoul of the Law. This is true or false. Kyle Quitschreiber from Black Duck received a call from an, an inspector at a boat launch who encountered an angler who said he'd rather receive a ticket than drain his minnow bucket. The inspector offered fresh water for the minnows even, and the angler became aggressive towards the inspector. The CO arrived and told the angler not only was he going to get a ticket, he was also going to get the ticket and drain the minnow bucket. That's when the angler finally complied. He drained the water from his minnow bucket, but didn't want the minnows to go away, so he ate them. Smart. So he ate them. True yeah, or false? Greg. I don't believe he ate them. No, he didn't, but everything else yeah, was true. Up to that point, sounded pretty good. Got to drain that minnow bucket. CEO Paul Parthoon from Lake George rescued a kayaker from the Mississippi River. He was stranded on a mud flat and had frostbite and was suffering from hypothermia. He'd been on the river for a week and wasn't prepared for the snow and cold temperatures. The kayaker said that if he hadn't been rescued, he probably would have died. True or false, Becca? I'm going to say it's true. That is a true story. Kayaking in wow. Minnesota this time of year, you, you have to be. He'd been on the river for a week. So he'd been there probably since early May, late April. So you got to be prepared for some snow if you're going to be in Minnesota on the water for a week. Any time of the year. Sometimes there's a, there you can't even get to open water this time of year. <laughs> All right, running afoul of the law. This courtesy of the Minnesota Conservation Officers Report. Marty Stage from Ely checked a group of canoeists in the Boundary Waters who had aluminum cans and no permits. They said they've been going into the BWCA for over 30 years and never knew that you couldn't do that. True or false, Brian? Um, that's true. That is true. They've been going into... Oh, yeah, we've been doing this for 30 years. I didn't know I couldn't bring cans in here or that I needed to get a permit to come do this. 30 years they've been doing that. True or false, Matt Miller from the Lake Superior Marine Unit received a call and a report of a moose carcass that had been dumped. Turns out it was just a cow skeleton that was disposed of by a farmer in a less than responsible way. Greg, true or false? True. It is true, ladies and gentlemen. It is true. <laughs> wow, no kidding. We call that a dramatic pause. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a really good one. CEO Brett Grunmeyer from Hinkley talked to one brave angler who fished in the cold weather over opener and was unable to produce a fishing license. He told the CEO he forgot it at home on the counter. 
Later that morning at a local gas station, the CO saw the same guy buying a license. <laughs> when confronted, the angler told him, Today is just not working out like I had hoped. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> true, true or false, Becca? I'm going to say that's true. That did happen. Yes, that is true. That is running afoul of the law here on Northland Outdoors Radio. This is uh, the radio show along with Greg Kaiser, Brian Peterson, and Becca Clemens here. Um, the turkey season isn't over in Minnesota yet. Greg, it might be a little tougher to call in a bird maybe. That do- doesn't mean you can't still buy and fill a tag, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we've got till the end of the month. So uh, the grass is getting tall and the bugs are out and uh, spring is here. But yeah, absolutely still time to get out there. There are a few less birds. The dumb ones have been cleaned out. But no reason not to get out there. Tons of them out there. And uh, yeah, how do you, How do you do things differently at this point in the season? You know, they, the hens have gone to nest for the most part, so you, you'll run into uh, some eager toms that might be looking for more, uh, you know, females, receptive females around and uh, a little cruising. So, And if they are with hens, uh, you might have better better luck hunting more of the midday. So they'll, they'll come off the roost and do their dance with a hen until she goes to nest maybe or whatever. And then, you know, sometimes mid-morning you can call them away. So uh, don't forget that midday. We have the luxury, at least in Minnesota, to be able to hunt all day long. Uh, in some states, you don't have that. But yeah. So if I was going out tonight to scout for tomorrow morning yep. and I see a Tom, mm-hmm. what am I looking for to, to, to try to see if he's going to be one that might be receptive the next day? Uh, you should probably send me a message of where that is and <laughs> then we can talk. No, um, you know. <laughs> But knowing where they are is the big thing, and uh, it's going to take some patience at this point. Um, you can set up close to the roost if you had a chance to know kind of what they're doing during the day and try to head them off at the pass. That can be a good tactic, too. But if you know where they're roosting, uh, set up close and see if you can get him right away in the morning. Did you get to fish last weekend? Is your boat running? You got your boat running in? Here's my wound. More salt, please. (laughs) (laughs) Rub it in there. Oh, Oh, you just kicked my dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that is Greg Kaiser along with Brian Peterson and Becca Clemens. Thank you very much, guys. Welcome. See you, Brad. Yeah. Come on, one more. Come on, Brian. I'm more 70s. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the way wow. it is. They kind of did that in the 70s a little bit, nah, too. It was more like, That was more funkadelic in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, coming up, we're going to learn about hunt tests. These are different than field trials and are for retriever owners out there that just like to get out and work their dogs with real hunting-type situations this time of year. Dan Hove is the president of NARA, the North American Hunting Retriever Association, and will tell us about a couple events coming up in our region that you may be interested in. And Joe Henry. Henry has a Lake of the Woods fishing report as well. This is Northland Outdoors Radio. Northland Outdoors Radio will be back faster than you can reload. Oh man, this is absolutely crazy. I mean, this is borderline reckless. How would you like this to be the sound of your alarm clock? The Lakeshore Kings have your chance to spend weekends and weekdays in Lake Country with the unique opportunity to own and operate your own resort. Birchhaven Resort on Birch Lake near Hackensack offers sunset views from its sandy beach and comfortable cabins. And it's on the market at an extremely reasonable price. Contact Steve Leary or Preston Peters of Exit Lakes Realty by visiting lakeshorekings.com. That's lakeshorekings.com and begin your life at the lake today. 
Hunting waterfowl around Lac Parle is a Minnesota waterfowling tradition. Watson Hunting Camp is Western Minnesota's premier full-service waterfowl hunting camp. Stay in the Watson Hunting Camp Hotel or Bunkhouse and have dinner in the Watson Hunting Camp Restaurant. Fishermen and campers are welcome. Watson Hunting Camp comes with RV hookups, live music, and drink specials. The Watson Hunting Camp Bar is open Wednesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to close. Look for our billboard just north of Watson on Highway 7. For more information and directions, find us on Facebook or visit watsonhunting.com. You're listening to Northland Outdoors Radio.